Welcome to Because We Love You. This is our next episode and I'm pretty excited about it. We, we're starting the year off strong. Last week I was so motivated. Yeah, talking about finishing, reaching our goals. Love it. Yeah, so when we don't finish, what is that, Stacey? Well, we would call that failure, Jade. Failure. <laughs> so how in the heck? do we not fail like so the world what does the world portray when we were like thinking about this I mean sometimes I get a little excited when I think about (laughs) failure failure is good right that's what everyone tells us now (laughs) I think about all of those quotes as I walk around my children's schools right about Mm -hmm. failure and success and seems exciting um, seems exciting good fun failure (laughs) is about learning that's a message we hear Mm -hmm. right um, so I know that we spent some time looking up, like, what did quotes say about failure and success? So one of mine comes from Albert Einstein, and he said that failure is success in progress. Mm, right? That makes deep. it sound like we should failure, fail, he and was failure pretty, is good. He was pretty smart, wasn't he? Yeah, and if we uh-huh. want to be like Albert Einstein, we just need to fail more. <laughs> so I liked this one by Nelson Mandela. Do not judge me by my successes. Judge me by how many times I fail and get back up again. Ooh. It also reminds me of a song. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, then dust yourself off and try again. Come on. Dust yourself off and try again. Try again. I mean, like, I just want to keep getting up. I yeah, get knocked down, up. but yeah. I get up again. Ain't never going to keep me down. I get knocked down. Oh, this is great. There you I'm, go. We're I'm inspired. So, I mean, I feel like all these songs make yeah. us like want to get down, want to get knocked down and get dirty yeah, and fail, then just get back up. up. Yeah. Mm, what was another one so of good. your <laughs> quotes? Okay, so this one comes from the person who penned Peter Pan. Oh. We are all failures. At least the best of us are. Ooh. Don't you want to be among the best? Yeah. You need to be a big, fat failure then. Yeah. I, this is this is motivating me. Okay. I like this one by Henry Ford, and um, I like Ford trucks, too. Um, <laughs> I like That was real country. <laughs> I like Ford trucks, too. I think there's a country song there, about there that. There is. It is. <laughs> or, no, if I have money, i tell you what I do. I go downtown, buy a Ford truck, too. Crazy about my Ford trucks. Ooh, That's ooh, a commercial. Crazy about like my Ford trucks. <laughs> But it stuck with me. It made me think well, about there Henry you go. Ford. Their marketing plan is working. So I'm so glad that Henry Ford did not um, just fail, that he succeeded too. And he wrote this quote, failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. Mm, I like it. So when you're not good enough and then you just think I'm not good enough and then you just learn Do it something again, and then, and then you succeed. you're smarter. Yeah. Super yeah, great. That's it. Super easy. Why are we even having this talk? I mean, I <laughs> we all fail yeah. and we all fall. And so isn't there just like this magic wand yeah, that comes over magic. us? Yeah. And then we like succeed the next time, the very next time that yeah. we try it. Yeah. I mean, that's the message that's being sent these days. But I think it's important to remember that failure is not magic. You know, like you said, like that's just not that's just not the case. And so I think what we've been reading this week coming from psychologists and other philosophers and researchers is this idea that um, sure, we should learn from failure, but it's not that simple. It's not that easy. Yeah. Because I think when we see people fail and fall, yeah. um, we often like we see fail, fall and quit. Right. Yeah. And it's not fail, right. fall, learn, repeat. It's fail, yeah. fall, 
they'll feel fall quit. And I think about, I thought about an example of my middle daughter in, um, last year she wanted a bike. I want a bike, mom. I can learn her to ride a bike. Got her the bike. We've done all the things and the falling is really getting to her. And so (laughs) like she came up, I mean, she fell so many times and it was so nerve wracking and we, you know, she would just try, try, try and then fail, fail, fail. And eventually she just quit. And, you know, whenever I think about that is we know she has the capacity to ride a bike. Like I know I look at her and I'm like, you do have the capacity. It is in you to ride a bike. But are you going to take this bike riding, learn from it, figure out how to change. And then, and you may fail fail again, you may fall again, but then eventually you will succeed. Yeah. I like that. And I think, Um, you know, that, like you just said, is a great example of how it's not just fail, learn. Like Mm. she fell off the bike one time and then she got back on and she succeeded. Like it just doesn't work like that. And I think when we fail, we have to really learn from it and we have to be careful about what we do in response, right? That like we change gradually one thing at a time, but we keep trying. We don't take long periods of time where we just quit and give up, but Mm -hmm. you try something new and you change one thing right? Maybe even just a little bit and see what happens because you can also imagine she falls down, realized, you know, it was, um, because she turned the handlebars a certain way. A lot of times I think after we fail, we overcorrect. And so if we like now change the speed we're pedaling and change the tilt of the bike and the way that we're holding the handlebars, Mm. then all of that still makes us fail because we failed and just went crazy and changed everything. And that's not the way either. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things. I think that's an elementary example, but then in my heart, I start thinking about things that I'm doing and going through. And like the biggest thing that speaks to me is I think there's a lot more within each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more success. There's a lot more goals to achieve. It's just, are we willing to make those minor adjustments? And I think that's why we wanted to have this talk today is we had a lot of reading on how do we ultimately make these fine tune these adjustments? Because there's no magic wand and because there's no magic wand means there are some things that we really can do to, to help us learn from failure. Yeah, that's right. Because what we were reading in the literature was very clear. It was like, yes, we are told that failure is learning, Mm -hmm. but it's not easy for us to learn from failure. And so we kind of divide it into three key key categories so kind of there's an emotional piece Mm -hmm. to it there's a behavioral piece and there's a cognitive piece so what how we feel what we do and what we think right Mm -hmm. and so the first one that I loved was this emotional piece and you know many of the things we read suggested that for a lot of us we don't even accept some of our failures or Mm -hmm. we at least um disengage or avoid thinking about failure because we want to protect our Mm self-worth which makes sense to me right we do have this goal to really see ourselves in the best light possible. To We want to see ourselves as good and competent and mm-hmm. strong and smart, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we're constantly thinking about and processing all the things that we're failing at, that feels like a threat to our self-esteem, to our self-worth. And so um, I could imagine that as a you know protective function, we try and um, disengage from that failure. Yeah. But I think we need to work on that. This reminds me of a personal story that I had, and I was planning an event, and um, the event went, in my opinion, subpar, and I saw a lot of areas, more than usual. Like every event, there's going to be things that you can change. Yeah. 
make better. Everything can be better. Um, but this particular event, it was like thing after thing went wrong and there were some major mishaps and the group after was like all like, this was so good. Oh, awesome. The perfect. It was, do do you know how good it was? And I, maybe too soon, kind of lost my mind and was (laughs) like, no, this was not good. If you think this is good, then, then you all are crazy. Yeah. Um. But like learning this, um. One, it. I, they. They wanted. They. They had worked hard, and yeah. I get it. They had worked hard, um. And they wanted to protect that image. Like we did this, and there's nothing you can do right then and there to make that event better. So I think right. like sometimes there's a piece of that. It's like nothing I can do to make that better. So why mm-hmm. focus on it? Why dwell on the past? You know why think about that? And um, I got some personal, you know, backlash even with that by by trying to engage so soon and like, what did we do wrong? How can we be better? And I think it was to protect this image of like, oh yes, it was so good. We we worked so hard. hard. Yeah, this is. And and I love this quote because I think it illustrates that is the desire to see oneself as good competent person is a strong motivational force. But when that goal triumphs. People are triumphs. People disengage from failure. Mm-hmm. Kind of, that's yep. just the quote that summates yeah. like kind of what you said. And yeah. that's a dangerous, it's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. And all this came out of this recent paper that's in Perspectives on Psychological Science. And it's just neat to kind of read about their perspective there because we think about our emotional engagement um, with these types of failures and how we try and protect ourselves from that. And I think, you know, your story illustrates that perfectly because even in the things that people said, but like, what did we do wrong and start, they start attaching it to someone and something else that I was reading in the Harvard business review kind of talked about this Mm -hmm. blame game that we see in leadership. And so when something goes wrong or when there's a failure, automatically the question becomes like, well, whose fault Mm. is it? And is it my fault? And are you blaming me? Mm. And I think, it's really important to avoid playing the blame game. Like you were not pointing out anyone's failure or blaming anyone. You were simply taking the emotion out of it and actually assessing what happened and what you could do better next time. And so not focusing on the who and whose fault Mm -hmm. and who's to blame, but on the what, like what could we do better? Why did this fail? Mm -hmm. Um, That kind of thing. And and it's so important, even kind of the opposite way of that, just neither way in success nor failure, do we make it about our Mm. self-worth. We become the most successful person in this world that still does not determine exactly who we are and like what we're called to do. And even in our failure, our deepest, most prominent failure, that is not who we are. And so when you know that, when you know that that it's not dependent on that, this is just the task, this is what Mm -hmm. we do, this is an event we plan, this is a race we run, this is um, a business we start. Yep. Isn't that, it takes, it's so much more freedom. Yeah, it is. And I love that you flipped that too, thinking about success. Because when we do have successes, we don't, yeah, like you said, we don't want to take all the credit for that either. Mm -hmm. Because you know, when anyone gets anywhere, there were a hundred people behind them that helped them get there. And so that's also an unhealthy view. It makes me think of like, you know, and I just thought of like award shows. That's what I was going to say. I was like, I often think of all the people I'm going to thank whenever, you know, we win the podcast um, of the year award. award. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's just, I mean, the list is so long and of all the people and just even the people that said, we missed your podcast this week. Please keep going. Oh, 
Oh, got to prepare. This yeah. is great. This is great. But yeah, it's just not one part. It is not about us. Yep. You know, yeah. it's just, it's about we. Oh, that was good. It's not oh, about us. Or wait, it's not about me. It's about we. There you go. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that's a good it's one. a we. We, we. That's also a French word. When I go to Paris, I'll there use it. We, we. That's perfect. I love it. Do you remember oui. what it is? I think it's like, I don't know. Okay, but I'll look it up. We, we. <laughs> we need, I need to get my French in order. All right. Um, so emotion, right? Emotion gets in the way. And another thing that I found really interesting um, was a paper, and I'm, I'm going to connect this to like kind of behavior. So what do we do, mm, right? If we yeah. want to learn from failure. Like we dust ourselves off and try it And again. try again. Well, it turns out in this paper by Wong, he's from Northwestern, and with his um, collaborators did this study where they looked at the success of NIH, the National Institute of Health, their grant applications. So over many years, they looked at almost 800,000 grant applications. And so... Um, that provides great data because you're able to look at how many times people tried, what their scores on mm-hmm. their grants were, whether they were funded or not, so success or failure. And it's not just, it turns out, getting up, dusting yourself off, and trying again. They lie. They found, I know, take them down, this song. <laughs> Ugh, false hope. Anyway, they found that people who failed and people who succeeded tried the same number of times. So it's not necessarily just persistence. Wow. But one clear pattern that I thought was interesting was that the time between attempts gradually decreased over Mm. time for those who succeeded. And kind of back to the point about, like, we can't just change everything and make all these adjustments. Like, I think that that indicates to us that the people who kept trying and didn't need as much time made only the adjustments that were necessary Mm. and didn't totally start over, didn't scrap it and try something Mm. new. Although, of course, sometimes we need to do that. Um, but they made the minor important adjustments until they, they didn't over, they didn't overthink it. They didn't overthink yes, it yeah, and they just like, it. um, I mean, so time matters. And so mm-hmm. they just, and they, they didn't let all this time to dwell. Cause don't you know that like when you get out, you feel so passionate about yeah. something. You're like, I'm going to do this big thing. I'm going to do this big thing. But then over time you're like, Oh, maybe I don't need to do that big thing. Is that big thing yeah. really important? I'd rather eat Doritos <laughs> than do that big thing. Doritos sound really good right now. Yeah. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and that's not even my favorite. tortilla chip combination but um but yeah every chip sounds good but but yeah it's that that time that we we lessen what we really want to do and our big goals but if we keep if we keep if we have that day of the week that we're going to make the adjustment we're going to do the thing so I like Mm -hmm. that so it is about getting up and trying again but really fastly yeah it's like don't go a week on the ground in the mud don't get too muddy don't get too muddy don't get comfortable in the mud bath get up and try again quickly so I like I, I definitely like that. Um, the last piece that I think if we truly because it's no magic wand, we have to think about the cognitive yeah. benefits and how do we override the brain yeah. um, when we we're thinking think about, about failure. Yeah. yeah, and that's so that to me that's so hard and it takes so much more energy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. like I think <laughs> there was a quote by um, Tol. Tolstoy is that all the successes are the same they feel the same so Mm. when you win you win you know whatever you win it feels the same it's just like I'm a winner chicken dinner um but failures are unique like why did I fail what happened there did I fail why didn't I reach that goal and there's always a reason but we have to think about it that's true 
Um, I think we have to spend more time thinking about failures, and that's a much heavier cognitive load. When we win, we win. It's just like you take the win and move on. But with failures, especially if you want to learn from them, it does take more time to really think through it and figure out what went wrong and all of that. And even how we think about that failure is I really I think important. about a story that is very close to your heart right now. Oh, boy. What do you think the conversation around Ohio State – Oh, boy – in their locker room, opposed <laughs> yeah. to those Georgia Bulldogs in their locker room. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. conversation went down? I mean, like, was it a much easier conversation to go, woohoo, we did it, we pulled yeah. through, we stayed together, we have grit, we have all the things, or Ohio State, yeah. where, where you can did just. We go wrong. I know, that's so hard. And, you know, I've been thinking about that kicker ever since that game. I mean, imagine it's. New Year's Eve. The midnight. clock is striking midnight. Your you were team born to do this. Set you up for success. Yeah, this is your thing. You're a kicker. Like, you didn't even have to learn any plays. You just <laughs> had to kick <laughs> the ball. Kick the ball. What happened to his foot? Oh. Maybe it, it was cold, colder that night. Maybe he had a cramp. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I think maybe he was overthinking it. Over, th- overcorrecting. Yes. That's Overthinking what? leads to choking in situations mm. where you should be successful. That's something else that we read. Yeah. Interestingly. I think he would – I mean, he had been successful how many times? Yeah. Like, what was his record? You know, he, he was a very successful – it wasn't yeah. like he was a bad – it wasn't like the odds were 50-50. Right. These odds were like 99.9% sure. You should have won. And but the national championship should have been, and I will stand firm in this, Georgia versus Ohio State, although that might have been very hard for our friendship. No, no. I mean, we played once. We can That's play true. twice. I will always. But I do think what we were alluding to is like that cognitive factor. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, the, you know, they they played at every mistake. You know, yep. Georgia made mistakes too. So mm-hmm. Georgia made mistakes. Ohio State made mistakes. But when you fail, yeah. you really look at those mistakes and like what yes. was the factor when you win? You yeah. often just say, well, we did enough to get by. And let's move on. And Go they're team. thinking about the next thing. They're thinking about the next game. Yeah, that's right. So it's harder. Definitely. It's hard. Yeah. It takes a lot of thought and a lot of effort. And I think that um, it's really important to reframe the way we think about failure too. kind of connecting back to our poor (laughs) Buckeye kicker. You know, um, we can think about failure as um, we often find this in patients with depression that um, thinking that the way they think about failure is that it's stable and it's global mm. and it's internal, which essentially means stable like this is never going to get better. You know, I'm never going to be a good kicker. I'm never going to be able to make the game winning kick field goal, whatever. Global. I suck at everything. I'm just a terrible football player terrible person. How could I do this to my team? And internal, this is all my fault, right? Mm. And so when failures happen, we often think about them in that way, especially when we're in a depressed state. But I think it's really important to reframe the way that we're thinking about that. A much healthier way is that things are temporary, specific, and external. So um, this isn't going to last forever. It was one game. It was a one kick. Mm. That's it, right? It doesn't affect everything. Yes, I failed at that one specific thing that one time but I'm not terrible at everything. And it's not necessarily all my fault, Mm -hmm. right? Thinking about the external factors at play, the pressure of how many people watching you, the pressure of, you know, the the big game, the national championship was riding on that. And so I think we just have to be careful about how we 
how we think about yeah. failure. We have, and that takes that takes practice. Absolutely. That is not going to come overnight. And that is something I still do. And that is something we need to be doing with our children when they yeah. fail. Um, and, I mean, yeah. So that just even reminds me. I didn't even have this, like, step-by-step knowledge. Yeah. But my daughter felt it something. Oldest daughter last week. And we kind of went through that. Like, mm-hmm. this was a moment. This does not determine where you're going yep. or what you're going to do. But, yes, you did fail in this moment. And it's, it's okay to to recognize that because reframing is saying this is not just success that we're trying to get. This is learning, right? Yeah. So we are trying to teach our kids and ourselves that we are on a learning journey. And I think when you view failure as Oh, well, we got one more step in our learning value. So what can I learn from this? And not just like this is success or failure. It just, it reframes everything. Absolutely. We can do it. Yes. And that, um, that reminds me of Carol Dweck. She's gained, you know, a lot of popularity, even in pop culture outside of psychology, even though she's a psychologist. And she came out with a book a couple years ago called Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. And exactly what you're talking about reminds me of this idea of having a growth versus fixed mindset, right? Where a fixed mindset is kind of you fail and then that's it. I can't do it. I can't grow. I can't learn. But having a growth mindset helps you think about failure in a different way where Mm. um, it's, you know, it's a learning opportunity. I can do this. I just haven't done it yet. But there are steps in place that, you know, that I can take to get there. So I have a question because I feel like that you, I mean, since I've known you, you've always had the growth mindset. Like, did that just, was that just something that, did your parents help you with that? Mm. Did you grow into that? Like, what happened that, like, I've always just seen you as more of a growth mindset person. Yeah, that's interesting. So I think that in in a lot of areas that's true, especially as an adult, I've really focused and tried to learn um, in that way. So I think, you know, partially our mindset comes from the way we receive feedback, the way we think about mm-hmm. education and skills and sports and the messages that teachers and coaches mm-hmm. are sending. I think those and parents, I think those can be really powerful. Um, I think that, you know, even in the literature, it shows that we need to be more um process focus like praising effort Mm. instead of praising outcome and and I think that's part of it but I also think that we can be have a growth mindset in some areas and can you know and at some times but in other areas have a fixed mindset so Mm. actually with school stuff I I think I had a pretty fixed mindset growing up like Mm. if I struggled with something I wanted to quit because I felt like oh I'm just not good at that thing Mm. um because a lot of times you know, for me, and I think you often see this in students where school comes easily, like if something is easy, especially in school, that means that I'm smart, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm only smart if the work is easy. Yeah. And it took a lot to change that for me to realize that, no, just because something's hard doesn't mean, one, that I can't learn it, and two, that I'm not intelligent, mm-hmm. right? And so it took me actually a long time to get there. I know I really struggled in high school with that. Yeah. But yeah. So I which feel, way do you lean? I, so I definitely felt like I, I lean more towards a fixed mindset for mm-hmm. a long time. And it was just like, um, and, and we've had plenty of conversations about this. I'm like, if you're not good, you need to know. And you need to nix this and yeah. nip it in the bud. It's funny. I like, feel like we just had a conversation a few we weeks did. ago like that. Yeah. We did. And so, um, but, but I don't, I definitely, I like what you were saying that it's not an everything. So Mm -hmm. like, I kind of identify with some things that I think that it is more of a growth mindset and that like, we can, we can do hard things. 
least you can be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe there is something to that. Obviously, there can be certain. But even I mean, I've seen amazing progress even with people with learning disabilities. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I have this one precious little patient, and she has apraxia, where mm-hmm. um, from the eighteen months, like she was not speaking at all. So her brain, I mean, she was not formulate. She knew what the words were in her brain, but it would not connect to saying things. Right. And the beauty of it is she went through physical therapy, uh, occupational therapy, speech therapy. They worked with her and she is in first grade in a regular classroom. Mm-hmm. She is speaking. I had a physical with her a few weeks ago and she's talking to me. So and that is see. growth mindset. Like we can't yeah. say just because you can't now. And I think it's something we need to adopt just because you can't now, but not yet. Yeah. Maybe you can't do it now, but not yet. And yeah. we've even alluded to this in small group and how that's a great parenting style to not yes. say, you know, you didn't score any baskets today. And I know you really love basketball, but not yet. I can't yeah. wait to see like what the next game holds and like yeah. what the next endeavor holds. Yeah. And as parents kind of praising those steps along the way and the effort that goes into it, like ultimately doesn't matter, you know, how many baskets they score, yep. but have you made progress? Are you getting stronger? Are you Did you give a hundred percent? Yeah. Absolutely. Did you applaud your teammates? Did you show yeah. great character? I mean, there's so many other things to, to mm-hmm. applaud other than just a mark on the paper. And yep. the most, the most cool thing is like, did you learn? Yes. Like sometimes, and I have to, and this is not easy for me. This is not easy, but I have to make myself like if there was a bad, a subpar grade or something, but I'm like, oh, but tell me about that. Like I asked them about the thing. I'm like, but don't you want to know the right answer? Like, why did you get the C's mixed up? Like what was so confusing about where that C was? What, don't you want to know your ge- you know, ge- geographical location? So I think as parents, we can and apply it to us because there's certainly things that, you know, we can um, reframe and have a growth mindset. And I think that boils down to what this is all about. If we want to be people who view failure differently Mm -hmm. and learn from failure, we must have a growth mindset, right? Yeah. And I like that you brought up the whole not yet thing, because that reminds me, we watched a TED Talk this week by Carol Dweck, which in addition to her book, I would definitely encourage you to check that out but she was talking about a study and that was done in schools where they adopted growth mindsets in classrooms and instead of you know giving failing grades to students would give them the grade of not yet and Mm. and I love that right because it totally changes from this grade system that feels punitive and you're punished Mm -hmm. for getting an f and what you know what's going to happen with that to you didn't do it this time but Mm -hmm. you know that doesn't mean you're not ever going to be able to do it it's just not yet and I love that I love yeah and and they showed great great success with that when Mm -hmm. they took communities that had 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 performed subpar in the past and they Mm -hmm. applied that mindset they just grew leaps and bounds and I was actually looking into like why because I mean if somebody's growing this much, yeah. I mean, I want to know why. <laughs> and I, I even thought it was very interesting that part of it was like making questions easier to ask and making asking mm-hmm. a question not a negative thing. So sometimes we think, 
oh gosh, she's asking another question. She has no clue what's going on. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and we think of it negatively, but like encouraging our kids and encouraging adults and our friends the same. No, like clarify the knowledge because then you move forward in your brain and you're able to grow to that next step. But if you're not asking the question and you don't understand, so much can go by, so much information and you're still lost. And Absolutely. Then, and, it's just so good. These practical things yes. that I think can help us and like all of our viewers if mm -hmm. we adopt them. And I can't wait to for people to start calling me out saying, is that a growth or a fix? You know, yes. I don't want to be that person <laughs> that, mindset. Yeah, that fixes mm -hmm. my kids, fixes myself, fixes you and says, yeah. no, I don't think you can do that. We really do yeah. need to have that growth mindset. So something that was really inspiring to me. Okay. Um, you know, I'm always all about the good story, right? Yes. Um, and so I was just thinking because there are so many examples yeah. of people that live amongst us that exhibited, they failed mm -hmm. and they got back up, yep. they tried again, they did the thing and it was overwhelming. Like whenever I was like going through a few of them, I mean, just years in between, there was one author, Dr. Seuss, who literally resubmitted his manuscript 28 times. Wow. And when I asked Stacy, <laughs> if you would resubmit your manuscript 28 times, would you? No, I was a hard no. <laughs> she was a hard no. Yeah. Not after this. No, no. I, right. Did I? Right. Did we change? Did because we love you change your mind on this? I think so. I mean, yes, yes, right. Keep Just trying. keep trying if you believe in it. If you yeah. believe in that thing, and yeah. clearly he believed in it. And yeah. and so many times, I mean, you see that these are talented people. I loved how Beyonce's first lady group it like fell apart, but yet she didn't give up. And eight years later, released Destiny's Child. Yeah. You want to sing a song for us, Stacey? Um, surprisingly, no, I don't, <laughs> but you're, you're totally, okay, to. <laughs> no, but like so many stories, but one, I want to say there was time. There's a lot of time, yeah. like between these, not that they didn't try, not that your yes. time thing didn't work, that they yeah. didn't keep submitting, right. but until the moment where they said they were successful, there was a lot of time, but there was one particular one that just struck a chord, struck a chord. Maybe it's because my daughter's really into Harry Potter right now, but yeah. the author, JK Rowling, she has a great story, you know, yeah. regular old Jane, smart girl, because she applied to Oxford, mm -hmm. right? So she's smart from the beginning. She's got it going on. <laughs> she got rejected, yeah. rejected. So then I can't even remember the school that she went to. It was like the University of Exeter. Where's that? Where the heck is that? Somewhere over the sea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But nobody knows where that is. Everybody knows where Oxford is. But she did get into Ox uh, she did get into the Exeter School. Um, she did graduate, but she happened to go on this journey and meet a man, and he beat her up some, and they had a child and beat her up some more. But he le she left him. Her mom died of multiple sclerosis and so that's hard you know so so you people out there that are struggling with your thing you may have death you may have people leave you you may be in a toxic situation but there's still hope right yeah, she reframed she had this cool idea of this wizard right maybe it was because she rode that train through the the hills of the Oxfordish area and all these things but she had a dream she had a vision of a wizard in this story and that that started there she ended up leaving her husband and um, taking her daughter and going to um, Scotland with her sister living mm -hmm. with her sister so but like she felt like a failure like if you read some of her like personal excerpts of this she was like I literally felt at everything everything mm -hmm. I wanted to do I had felt at but I had 
this dream. So do you have a dream? So I had this dream that was bowling inside of her. She'd actually already written three chapters mm-hmm. of Harry Potter, and she had it stuffed, a manuscript stuff. That was like part of her only belongings. But she went and she started writing, and she started writing. Okay, and you think, oh, yeah, she wrote, and she went to the first publishing house, and they just took her in, and they said, oh, my goodness, where's this magic been all along? Where have you been? <laughs> I would love if people... Where have you been? Can we just like encourage our friends like that from now on? Yes. Like Yes, you can. That casserole. Where has this <laughs> been this magic my whole life? Yes, we may. We may. I will start the trend after the twenty second hug. We will talk like this. Okay. So you think one. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Didn't happen. You would think maybe the second one because, I mean, Harry Potter, have you read it? It's pretty good, pretty right? Pretty good. Pretty inspiring. Like, it's, a whole yeah, world created now. So cool. There's like, yeah, let's let's go to Universal right now because yes. it's that good. No. But maybe the third, maybe the fourth. Nope. Nope. Twelve times, Stacey Lynn mm-hmm. Lepowski. Yeah. Twelve, Twelve times. Twelve different. And then this little hodunk blooming something bird or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know the publisher. I think it was you Bloomberg. Right now. Yeah. Okay. So keep going. Let's hear. So what happened, yes, Jade? yes. So just this little publishing company said, "Oh my goodness, I guess we'll give you a little bit of a chance because I like boys with scars on their forehead." You know, I don't know why they did that, but they said, "I'm going to give you a chance." And this is this is to me. You say yes to the opportunity. You know, like you just keep going, and it may be a little opportunity, and it may not even feel like the big opportunity. Okay, so I'm feeling very passionate about this. So this little company and I think they only gave her like 1700 pounds in advancement yeah. or whatever it was it was like nothing it was like yeah. okay we feel we'll sorry for out. you I might have been happens. like a feel sorry for you bit it was yeah. like oh this poor girl you know she wrote this long book and okay but they they extended the offer and my goodness did it explode did it catch on were the words immaculate did it ring with your soul your heart and then she wrote all the other sequels, and she is a billionaire. Billionaire. That's amazing. A billionaire. She There's had the magic it. you were it talking is. about. But yeah. it took, it took yeah. like, I don't want to quote it because I couldn't remember exactly how many years from the initial thought to the actual six launching of the yeah. success, but it was years. It was like nine years from yeah. the thought to when it happened. And that takes that takes trying mm-hmm. again. That takes grit. That takes hearing failure. I mean, that takes friends. How many friends read her book and said, "Oh my goodness, your grammar sucks." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is maybe. terrible. So boring. Hate wizards. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why did you choose him? And yeah, and the emotional. You know, as we think about the factors that we talked about, like if she would have let all of these things influence her self worth and decide, mm. like, I can't, I can't be an author. Like, I can't do this. I can't even you know, um, get one book published, um, then yeah. we would never have. And Harry what Potter. if she had a stop that like publisher 12? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what if we stop? Yeah. And I think that's the goal of today. Let's let our failures when we believe in something say, we aren't going to stop. Yeah. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give up because we love you is not giving up. That's right. We're going to think about it, rework it, yeah. figure it out. Dust yourselves off. And try again. We (laughs) might be talking like this to whoever for like 10 years, but then like one day. 12 years from now, we'll be giving TED Talks ourselves. Yeah. What do you think? 
I fill Meet it. Meet us at the TED stage, and we'll make sure to thank you. <laughs> in, <laughs> in our 12 jet. Twelve years. In our jet. In our jet. That that that's another one of my little goals. <laughs> a little goal. Yeah. Baby goal. Get a jet. <laughs> baby goal. What's okay. your baby goal? We want to hear about it. How have you failed? So keep failing. How are you going to learn from it? Yes. How are you going to tweak the failure? How are you going to get back up? I think this is motivational. Have a growth mindset. Let's do this thing. Yeah. You may not be able to do it now, but it's just not yet. Not yet. Why do we do all of these things? Because Because we we love love you. you.